You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. This is episode 252. Tim, did I do this right? I'm, I I feel like a little out of place here. You did pretty well. I'm pretty proud of you. I'm a little okay. under the weather. This is Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, of course. Uh, Tim, we had quite the week as far as bike racing goes. Um, That's why I'm fighting through this little cold to get to this podcast because... We got to give the people what they want. Yeah. And the people want gravel. I mean, when it comes down to it, the Giro was on and all that's fine and good, but the people are demanding small crushed rock. They are. We will definitely talk to the Giro because I need to gloat for a good half an hour. So after Uh the uh, preem lap, we'll be hitting up the Giro talk. But Spencer, the dirty Kanza, the granddaddy of them all was this past weekend, thousands of bike riders, gravel grinders, aficionados, gravel enthusiasts descended on Emporia, Kansas for the biggest race of them all. Yeah. And, uh, it didn't disappoint. Uh, let's, let's start there because, uh, a few of our, uh, pre-race expectations were shattered, uh, during this race. Um, so how do you want to do this? Do we want to talk results or we want to talk about how Jeff Kabush is the greatest cyclist of all time? Like that guy gets it. That guy does get it. Let, let's let's start there, but um, let's let's okay. just quickly not bury the lead and get this out of the way and say we were wrong. Uh, Education first did not complete the sweep of the podium, uh, but back to Kabush. Yeah, we will we will definitely get to the that because I, I felt that my expectation was closer than yours. Um, the World Tour soft boys mm. were indeed um, taken to task, but Spencer, yeah, this is. This is so good. So let's start first off with Jeff Kabush for the second year in a row calling out the big dogs about the arrow bars on a gravel race. And his argument to make it very simple is just about safety in the group, right? Lots of people out there riding don't have, don't have bars on your, uh, you know, don't, don't put the arrow bars on your, your butt. Right. And I get it. Like you want more hand positions. Sure. Like it's going to be a hundred miles or 200 miles or depending on which race you're doing, but gravel, I, you know, I'm not the world's foremost leading expert on gravel, but I do know that it is not always predictable as far as the squirreliness of, uh, you know, the looseness of the surface that you're riding on. So let's just Thursday afternoon, uh-huh. the internet is a buzz. Cause they're like, you know, Gravel's around the corner. It's kind of a mundane time out there in Emporia, Kansas. And out of nowhere, shots fired from Jeff Kabush, legendary <laughs> Canadian mountain biker. Say it ain't so, guys. Uh-huh. Peter Stettina and Kyle Reinen, would arrow bars be safe at Paris-Roubaix or any other, quote, pro tour race? You care that much about winning DK? I applaud I am Ted King because he has joined the no arrow bar movement this year. Arrow who? Arrow what? 
and Kabush just launches the shot. The shot yeah. heard around the world. Yeah. And then all types of people start chiming in about like the purity of gravel, <laughs> what's there. Ted King jumps in and says like, yeah, I'm in on it. And then uh, Kyle Reinen is the first one to kind of respond to Jeff Kabush after the call. And he just goes, I feel like Twitter rants go against the ethos of gravel racing. <laughs> so good. That's well, so good. You know who else jumped in there? Well, that was out of left field. Out of was l- our buddy, our old friend, Florida native, the pit bull, Andrew Talansky. Yeah, the next Lance Armstrong. But yes, the bulldog, Andrew Talansky, comes in out of left field, just like you don't need to use arrow bars. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, where, where did Talansky come from? <laughs> right? Yeah. And then noted, noted gravel racer, Andrew Talansky. And then out of left field, like like really out of left field, comes um, Nathan Haas. I mean, that guy, I kind of forgot about Nathan Haas, but his Twitter game is also really good. Oh, yeah. He, he jumps in and is just making fun of Talansky. <laughs> it, was, it was a spectacle. It was a, a beautiful Twitter ballet of, of smack talk uh, building to just an ultimate crescendo uh leading up to the dirty kanza it was spectacular it was everything you want social media to be it was not derogatory in any way but it was absolutely perfection as far as trash talk goes and it's something that we just don't see in cycling (laughs) very much and man i wish we did it was this elevated uh cycling momentarily to like the status of like you know, when you see the NBA teams trash talking each other, uh, the Twitter accounts and stuff. And so then, good. It's like when you see Burger King trashing Wendy's on, on social media. So I actually good. cared more about Dirty Kanza than ever before because Kabush started this. And then oh, yeah. everyone was jumping in. Haas making fun of Talansky. You got Reinen and Statina. There's uh, Peter Statina. And then you had Statna, sorry. And then you had um, Ted King in there. And then Kabush just just launches it. With like oh, yeah. just smackdown, with basically a picture of a trash can, <laughs> taping on a sign that said arrow bars on there. Yeah, and oh my god, what, like he's so good. So then the race happens, and I'm the actually prop, carrying the prop now. comedy. He gets an yeah. A plus for the prop comedy. That oh, yeah. was very good. And then out of, and then roller derby jumps in and is like, "Well, will the dirty cancer wins a winner be using arrow bars?" That was yes. awesome. The beauty of, of roller derby, yeah, the flexibility there so, was uh, pretty impressive to get that prop up so quickly uh, on such a hot button topic. Oh, it was so good. Okay, before we get to the results real quick, because Kabush makes a comeback the next day, but okay, yeah. before we get to the actual race, did you know that any of the Trek Segafredo guys was going to be there? The two of them were going to be there? Uh, not until basically that Thursday or maybe Wednesday night. Like, it... it that was a bit of a surprise to me. I, uh, d- I apparently I don't have my finger on the pulse of the gravel racing I, scene. I was, comp- I don't want to say shocked because it made sense that it was uh, those two yeah. riders to show up, especially yeah. uh, Kyle with like the um, the videos that have been happening out in uh, in his neck of the woods up in Washington and like the media campaign. But yeah. I got to admit, like Trek came in with just under the radar, and then proceeded to demolish the Education First guys in the race demolished by a couple minutes and all the hubbub that the education first team had like can you imagine if trek would have just showed up one and then just left you know what i mean like (laughs) 
I mean, that's kind of how they do it versus Education First in the regular world tour. So I guess I wouldn't be that surprised. So that was that was pretty brilliant how they came in under the radar and then ended up being the closest uh, with Peter Statina getting uh, an apologies on the mispronunciation if it's there. I didn't uh, see the uh, the press release from Trek, um, but I look forward to their black and white cinematography, uh, you know, <laughs> post, post-race. post And then can we talk real quick? Did you see the Education First jerseys? Uh, I saw them. I didn't really notice. I didn't look so closely. Is, is there something different about them? So Howes and Lachlan Morton got third and fourth, uh-huh. and they had a very loose-fitting, like, tech tee on because they were oh. rocking the arrow bar, they, uh, the camelback. Okay. Um, but anyway, they, they were there. So the yeah. race was won by Colin Strickland, who... Now, hang went, on. I'm, I'm looking through my notes here of World Tour racers, and, uh, I, you know, I've checked Movie Star and Sky and uh, Trek and Education First. I'm not seeing him yet. Maybe he's down in the AG2R range. Um, I, I am going to check his pro cycling stat page, because I guarantee that there's a lot of people that started looking up to see who Colin Strickland was. Were you... Now we have come across his name a couple of times. Oh yeah, namely just because he crushes um, the Red Hook Crit Series. And yes, a, I mean he's a well-known racer in the U.S. He's also won the Belgian Waffle Ride in San Diego, and he's won Gravel Worlds in Nebraska. I mean, we—it should really be no surprise that he was there and was able to pull this off. I mean, he's a legitimate racer out of Austin, Texas. Yeah. Stoked yeah. for him, like shows up, crushes it. I mean, if Jonathan so, Vauders is not signing this guy next year, I mean, is Vauders really doing his job? <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends on, you know, uh, how much Education First is going to continue their quote-unquote alternative racing schedule um, because he would be a ringer for sure. Uh, coming in a full almost 10 minutes ahead of uh, Trek Segafredo and Education First in this race, Um you know, the world tour guys taking up the next three spots after him. Uh, pretty impressive. And then Payson McKelvin in fifth, yep. who was the yep. guy that crushed us at Schwamigan, like marathon mountain bike national champion. Oh, that's right. I forgot and you may about remember that. that, that we actually, I've... we, we dropped on this podcast that it's not just the world tour guys that are showing up here. Like there are very legitimate oh, yeah. Olympians and top level racers that just aren't roadies. So the assumption of just an education first sweep was definitely, you know, a bridge too far when you consider the quality of field that's all the way through. Right, right. You've got Kale uh, there in sixth and uh, Ted King down in eighth and Taylor Finney nowhere on this list because apparently he had a flat early in the race and uh, did not rejoin the pointy end. Uh, so Taylor probably got uh, some some slow ballads uh, on his brain now that he's been riding on that long, lonely ride uh, in uh, for that forthcoming EP. I mean, we're talking like Jeremiah Bishop got 27th overall. Um, first yeah. place woman was Amity Rockwell of San yes, Francisco. Yes, great ride. That was a that was an epic race. There, yes. the uh, the women's field uh, changing places positions. Uh, on the pointy end there f- several times over the over the course of the race and uh, kept you kept you on the edge of your seat. We had Allison Tetrick um, in second place for yeah, the former women former winner yeah yeah so overall I mean a, a top notch um, friend of the uh, podcast Addison Zawada won the single speed race and Spencer I don't want to bury this but 
I did kind of call it out on our Twitter. Ashton Lambie absolutely uh-huh. crushed the DK100. He is the world's individual pursuit record holder. Like, uh-huh. I mean, one of the fastest guys on the track just crushed 100 miles like it was nobody's business. Well, wow, those two translate to each other so well. So, I mean, it just makes perfect sense. Lauren Stevens taking the women's 100 and then in the DKXL, which is the 350-mile, like, 24-hour race. Ugh, no gross. surprises here. Legendary endurance gravel racers. Jay Pitaveri takes the men's win, and then Lael Wilcox takes the women's win, and she got sixth mm-hmm. overall. And she has the record on the Tour Divide, and then also is going to be attacking the uh, the Silk Road race um, this coming summer. So th- this is no slouches in this crowd, but Spencer... No. Let me let me go a little bit here. So the videos start popping up of Colin Strickland in the um, the pit zones as he's coming through. He's got arrow bars on his bike, so that one's already been dealt with. He it does, looks- yeah. the The roller derby roller derby prop scored uh, accordingly. So he had arrow ro- bars did win this battle. They did. They he did have like what appears to be the really mini ones, like the little vision uh, ones that they weren't the you, full extensions. You can't hide from us, Colin. Yeah, you can't hide, but. Did you see the video of Peter Statina? And again, apologies for mispronunciation of the name, if it's there. When he comes into the pit and he's asking for the disc wheel to be put on the back of his bike? No. So there's a video of him coming in and he's like fueling up, like recharging the camel back, getting sure. as many goos down. And he tells his mechanic, like, put the wheel on. The mechanic jumps into the, the Trek van, comes out, and has got a disc wheel. And starts okay. like putting it on, and then Peter's like, "Oh, it's taking too long," and then just like leaves. Like they didn't have time to put it on. Like he wanted the disc. Huh. Yeah. Awesome. Huh. Okay. So now I want to fast forward even more. It's the finish. Colin okay. Strickland coming through. Yeah. Right. It's his moment of glory. What does he do? He gets off his bike because he's got this sweet Allied Cycle Works frame that has like the craziest drive side chain stay. You should see this thing. It's it's really okay. crazy. But anyway, gets off his bike to hold it over his head as he crosses the finish line. Yep. Right at his moment of glory. In comes David Banks of Derby, <laughs> Kansas, a 37-year-old doing the DK100. Yeah. Who he did it in nine hours and 28 minutes. Crushed it. Crushed it. Remember, they started like a half an hour after the, the t- DK200 start. Crushed it. Yeah. He comes across the finish line and totally... The most awesome ethos of gravel riding of all time. <laughs> photo bombs, Colin Strickland's yeah. photo. So every press yeah. release now of Strickland coming across the line. Yeah. You see this guy kind of crunched over, trying not to hide, like trying he's, to hide. And it's David. He's Banks. trying his best to be out of the way. I, you know, I am so into this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. It's no fault of his own. Like he just. Got there when he got there, but uh The promoters amazing. should probably have a different shoot or like I know at the Boston Marathon they kind of like when the uh the back markers of the the wheel race, like the the hand uh wheelchair race, sorry. Uh-huh. I know that when the back markers are finishing, usually tends to be like when some of the, the the leaders are finishing of the foot race. And so the organizers kind of funnel the the wheelchair race back markers out of the photo. Right? Like, oh you guys go mm. finish over there. Because this is this is the money shot of this guy crossing the line. He just destroyed two or three pro tour riders. Like you know, this is 
yeah. Colin Strickland, once again, another coming out party for this guy. He's well known yeah. within the domestic scene. And then you got yeah. this guy trying to sneak in, like they uh, trying to so avoid good. the photo. This is 15 minutes of fame, you know, congrats to him. But here's the thing is that he's not really like, like it would be great if he was also posting up in it. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, it's hard to say what I would do in that situation, but, uh, I mean, you, you give him the two, the finger guns, like pointing at Colin, like, Hey, that guy just won. Like, yeah, or, yeah there's hey, lots of options. That guy just matched my time by doing a hundred miles more. Yeah. That's brutal. Right. Like it, Oh man, I loved it. I love this photo. Everything about it. It was so good. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah. Congrats to both of them. Strong finishes. Yeah. Congratulations to Colin and David Banks living on in infamy. First time ever that the DK 200 was under 10 hours. So that was impressive. So then do you remember our friend Jeff Kabush? Uh, I believe I've heard of him. Yeah. yeah. So then Jeff Kabush shows up at the podium presentation. Uh-huh. And oh, just, yeah. And just launches another one. Just, just another shot across the bow. When uh, he just says, hey, you know, if you're going to show up, you know, if you want to be a, uh, you know, alternative race calendar, mm-hmm. then maybe you should, uh, you know, show up to the podium presentation. Oof. Like he, he's so good at Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. He had a target and he knew how to uh, how to attack that target because, man, uh, those photos that he posted of the podiums were stark and in contrast. Payson, who got fifth, owned up to it right away. He's like, yeah, I scheduled a flight out because I have to go race in Europe, basically. But um, anyway, Jeff Kabush, always so good at Twitter. Very, very yeah. impressed. And uh, so there you have it. Dirty Kanza in the books. So Spencer, will you be yeah. going next year? Uh, don't think so. Don't think so. I mean, you know, plans could change, but um, 200 miles? No. I, I would maybe do the 100. If Lifetime wanted to fly us out there, I'd do the 100. Okay. Now you're talking my language. If if somebody's going to take me out there and, and we're going to do some on-the-ground reporting, oh, yeah, we can make this I mean, a thing uh, for sure. But uh, just on my own volition, uh, you know, self-torture, not high on my list. Well, it was, yeah, not high on my list, but it looks like a great time. Congratulations oh, yeah. to all the finishers, everyone that showed up. Good job to the promoters and to lifetime for putting together a great event. And overall, I'm, I'd like to see it in person someday and uh good job to, uh, um, all that were out there. I mean, it was yeah. just overall no, just fantastic. And, and, you know, the gravel, we talk a lot about the gravel ethos and, um, <clears throat> as whatever you want to think about that for the front end of the race and for the arrow bars and all that, the real ethos of gravel is that you put on a fun event that's that's fun for everybody, and it does really look like uh, Kansas lives up to that. You know, I I haven't heard uh, many complaints at all, if any, uh, about the event and the organization and all that. So, yeah, big kudos to them. Can I say my one takeaway though? Sure. Well, not one takeaway, but one thing, just fashion choice wise. Uh oh. I'm a little disappointed in the amount of skin suits and lycra in this. Like. I- I was hoping for a little bit more baggies. Yeah. Just I, for multiple I reasons. One, yeah. party in the back. Where are the baggies? Second, I think there needs to start being a prize for the top place finisher wearing baggies in events. Now, that could be a thing. Maybe because, uh, maybe that's a thing that we need to get in contact with Lifetime uh, about as something that we want to sponsor. Because like when you think of the World Cup races, remember Fumic used to wear uh, baggies? 
Oh yeah. Fontana. You won't let me forget it. Yeah. yeah. We need more of that. So anyway, just bring out the baggies. Come on guys. You're, you're doing 200 miles. I don't think the, you know, have some fun out there. Fair. That's Spencer, fair. We absolutely crushed our dirty cans of coverage. Oh yeah. We're, we're, a solid 20 minutes into this dirty cans of coverage so <laughs> we got a lot to talk about mostly with the Giro so let's do that after the pre-month this is Abby Miki from Rally UHC professional cycling team and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast All right, Spencer, here we are at the Premlap. Pretty big news in Wide Angle Podium Network and Slow Ride territory here at the Premlap is we have two brand new sponsors. I'm absolutely thrilled by both of these. And uh, so why don't you take it away? One is a new sponsor, but did do a little bit of work of uh, getting you uh, simply shredded for when it came to Schwamigan in yeah. September. Yeah, one of these is an old friend. And uh, I am super excited to... Welcome back, Shred Science, to the program. Um, you guys probably remember, long-time listeners remember last year, I got shredded uh, by Shred Science, and it was awesome. Uh, they are a nutritional coaching um, platform. You can check them out at shredsciencenutrition.com and sign up for a package there. What they do is they'll give you a quiz about your lifestyle, about what you want to achieve as an athlete, and also about your eating habits, what you like to eat, what you don't like to eat, all that kind of stuff. And they're going to develop a program for you. Yes, Tim? Well, I think that this is what's important is like actually you have someone that knows what you should be eating to maximize your both oh, yeah. fitness and lifestyle, right? Like, So you can say, hey, I really like to eat this. And then they'll say like, you know what? You can continue to eat that, but... Yeah, well, that's the beauty of it. And I was getting there. I'm, I'm driving to this point. Um, but but that that's exactly correct. Um, they give you what they give you is goals as far as your macros, as far as your your carbohydrates, your fats, and your proteins. They do not tell you what you can and can't eat. They just give you a limit on these particles within the food. So if you want to eat that donut that's on the break room table at work, you can. You're just going to sacrifice something yeah. else later, right? So it makes a lot of sense. There's no real rules to what you can and can't eat, which worked really well for me. Um, you guys know I'm a, a a vegetarian previous. I'm a recovering vegan, so I don't like a lot of dairy. I try to avoid a lot of it. And this kind of thing worked perfectly for my weird dietary needs. And, dude, like I did it for three months last summer and lost – 15 pounds without really trying. And it was awesome. I felt great. I've never felt better. I am super thrilled that they're back because I can speak to this with full 100% confidence that like, A, it works. B, it's it's rad. And C, it's totally worth it. Like, it's a bargain at twice the price. Yeah, I'm absolutely sh- stoked that they're back. Um, maybe I'll have to take advantage of it now that, you know, I've seen what it did to you. So I am, I'm thrilled. How can... Uh, how can I take advantage of it? What do I need so, to do? So head on over to shredsciencenutrition.com and just check out the packages that they've got. Figure out what works for you, what makes sense. You can read a little bit more about what they're all about. Uh, we're going to be talking about them for the next couple of weeks, so I will uh, go more in depth about my personal experience there. But uh, if people listen back to uh, last year and you know, about this time, um, that's when I was getting shredded as well. So 
ShredScienceNutrition.com. Check it out. Fantastic. And Spencer, we have a brand new one. Yeah. A brand new uh, sponsor across the network. Super stoked on this one. Why don't you tell us, introduce this one. You're going to you're gonna drive this one as well because I was unaware of this company. And then I started doing research. And I'm like, oh my God, I need this for multiple reasons. Yes, this is rad. This, this company is another one that I'm excited about um, because... Today's episode is also brought to you by brand new sponsor of the show, Whoop. And Whoop is a performance tool that's uh, changing the way people track their fitness and optimize their training. Um, it's a wrist-worn heart rate monitor, a uh, fitness tracker that um, pairs to an app, and it provides you analytics and insights to your recovery to the strain uh, that you're putting on your body via your training and also your sleep. Um, So what you're going to do is you're going to know when your body is recovered, when you need more rest, and uh, and getting to know kind of your system. Uh, And it it tracks that through the heart rate variability and your quality of your sleep. Anyway, this is something that I'm excited about because like people that I know – are buying into this. Like I have not used this yet, but I am excited to try it. Um, we've got, uh, all the pro athletes out there seem to be jumping on this. Uh, we got Jeremy powers out there. We got Steven Hyde out there using these. We've got world champion, Kate Courtney, uh, using the whoop system and loving it. So, um, I was super excited when, uh, when we got to partner up with them and they are offering slow ride podcast lit- listeners, 15% off a 12 or 18 month membership by using the code SLOWRIDE at checkout. So you can head over to whoop.com and use the code SLOWRIDE at checkout to save your 15% and optimize the way you train. Um, the strap itself is really cool. Like it 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 tracks what you're doing. It it does heart rate uh a hundred times per second. That is the precision uh, that this thing is working at. It's that's buck wild. That is a crazy amount of, uh, uh, of detail. Right. And what's really cool is it does pair with um, all the other technology out there. It can Bluetooth connect to your, to your phone, to your Strava, to your smart trainer, to your Swift, whatever you need to do. So you can leave the other heart rate strap at home. It's not like you got to be covered in, in data gathering devices all the time. Uh, you can just strap this guy on and, uh, and simplify things a little bit, you know, um, which in this day and age is, is pretty huge for me. So Check it out. Uh, whoop.com, W H O O P.com is the website. And if you make the choice to uh, purchase something from them, use the code SLOWRIDE for 15% out off uh, that purchase and optimize the way you train. At checkout, awesome. So when I go into um, this site real quick, it does have this whole thing about uh, what other users have been using. And one of the things that they talk about is uh, just smoother travel. And you know me, I'm traveling all over, yeah, such as the downhill course yeah, at Fort William and things like that. And I'm kind of happy I didn't have whoop at that time because my heart rate would be like 191 when I was walking down that course, you know, at all time. And they'd be like, whoa, we got to lower that r- rate. But I'm definitely stoked for this. So 
Just use the code SLOWRIDE at checkout at whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com. And we'd like to thank the continuing sponsorship of Health IQ. Head on over to healthiq.com slash W-A-P to find out how to save money on your life insurance. Health IQ is very simple. They use they use the fact that you're a healthy individual coming through, taking a quick little cycling quiz, and then they're going to match you up with the best life insurance policy out there and save you the most money because, again, they're utilizing the fact that you're a healthy individual, so you're less likely to have to use a life insurance policy. Exactly. Take it from me. Personal, per, like this is a very personal moment. Lots of you know Life insurance can be a godsend. I am so happy I now have life. I had life insurance prior to my um, stroke over a year ago, and now I continue to have it. Um, it's fantastic. Everyone should have it. You're an adult now. If you have a mortgage, you should have a life insurance policy. If you have been living in the same house with the same roommate or significant <laughs> other for more than, I don't know, three years, I think. At, at three years of living with somebody, it's you're an adult. Yeah. Time to get life insurance. It's yeah. that simple. And I mean that that's all that's all obvious stuff that people should be like researching life insurance and signing themselves up for it. Um, but what? But the reason you want to use Health IQ specifically and going to healthiq.com/wap is because they're going to get you a better rate because they know you're taking care of yourself. And exactly, they're not just going to take your word at it. Like you can, you can prove this to them with your Strava files, with your, uh, training peaks, with all the stuff that you're doing. The fact that you're riding every, like every week, um, you can apply that towards savings and it's a really cool system that they've got. And I think everybody should go check it out. Healthiq.com slash WAP, take the quiz, see if you score elite and just pile up the savings, man. Like Tim said it's a no-brainer to get it, and then it's a no-brainer to get it through healthiq.com slash WAP. Absolutely right. And there's so much more that's happening in Slow Ride Podcast and Wide Angle Podium land. Oh, my God. We've talked about it many times. We have, of course, the Trek World Cup coming up in Waterloo, Wisconsin in September. Stoked about that. So you're going to come be able to come on out and hang out with all the gang from the Wide Angle Podium Network. And... uh thrilled on that we're going to have so much more to talk about there i know we've got interviews and whatnot with um one of the main organizers of the event and friend of the uh pod i can't wait for this i can't wait for andrew roche to show up because uh he kind of knows us a little bit from our days back in minnesota when we were ruining cycling in minneapolis and uh now he's uh helping spearhead a world cup cyclocross race and we're gonna have lots of questions and we can Um, we can help to ruin that too so make sure you also keep an eye on that. If you're not registered, get in there now. Get that internet top ten. Yeah, so you can because uh, those races will fill up. Like it's it's the biggest party on bikes in the United States for cyclocross season. And you know what the best part is, Spencer? What's that? Equal payout, men's and women's. Well, yes, like, yes. Like, that is a that is a that is a it goes without saying with the Trek Cup. They are the ones that yeah. have pioneered this, but uh, we should still say it. Why go anywhere else? This is the party you want to go to. Simple. All right, back to the show. I'm Joe Dombrowski from Cannondale Drop Pack, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. 
Spencer, there is a lot to talk about. Now, naturally, I know we've been hit up by many people to talk <laughs> yeah. about the Juro, uh, Fort spent, William Downhill. We spent so long talking about Kanza but, that I, I forgot the Juro was even happening, Tim. I, yeah, I and, and Spencer, I was I'm not so, going to go there yet. I was so disappointed by the World Tour riders in Kanza that I w- it came out of left field that Chad Haga won the last stage of the Giro d'Italia, doing American World Tour riders proud, despite the uh, performances in Kansas there by everyone else. Yeah, and the the performance of what happened at the Giro with Richard Carapaz totally overshadows that, but I'm not going to let it overshadow the German domination of the second round of the Artistic Cycling World Cup, which was brought to our attention earlier today, so I'm just going to give a quick shout-out there. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't Lots. I didn't realize that was happening. That would have been on my docket for sure. Lots of wheelies. Um, secondly, Fort William Downhill World Cup. Okay. A little disappointing yes. on the women's side. Rachel Atherton, you know, my favorite racer, crushed it. But unfortunately, her, one of her biggest rivals, Tawny Seagrave, crashed in qualifying yeah. and was unable to compete. Um, Rachel Atherton did beat... Um, uh, Tracy Hanna from Australia by less than two seconds. So it was it was so close. She was pulled. She had pulled ahead towards the end, and it was a nail biter. Man, what a so, good race, Spencer. I don't know if you've had a chance, but if you check over Pink Bike, I know they do this inside the tape segment where they do the um, like they take a look at a course. You've talked about it in the past. Like they take a look at the course on like the different lines and then they do really scientific like nerd stuff on who's saving how much time by taking what line. It's really cool. Okay. But they also did this whole thing where they break down each split on the course. So you could see that Rachel Atherton actually was behind um, Tracy Hanna for quite a bit. But when it got to the pedal section, because yep. Fort William is one of the longest courses, Atherton just had the fitness um, and she knows that course so well. Um, on the men's side of things, uh, really no uh, no shock that Amory Peron uh, won by over four seconds over Troy Brosnan. Brosnan, sorry, and uh, you know overall great racing. The crash by Aaron Gwynn was tragic. So if you're going to see anything, that was that was a gnarly crash. But he was able to walk away from it, and uh, hopefully we'll be back at the next World Cup. Yeah, let's get to it now. All right, I buried the lead long enough, Spencer. The Giro is here. The Giro happened. And my man, Richard Carapaz, who on this podcast, I'm going to gloat here for 15 seconds. You never doubted me. You accepted what I said as fact. And I appreciate that quality friend here for doing that. But honestly, Richard Carapaz was the true leader of the team. Yes. And damn, did he look good when he did it. He looked great, and you know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, give you your dues uh, that 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 was the case. Like you called it from early on, uh, despite the Velo News headline this week that said Carapaz's Giro win was unexpected and unlikely. Was the quote? It, yeah, um, kind of. You think they were trolling me on that one? I think they may have been trolling you specifically because you know you had been saying all along that he was the leader that. Uh, so it, that it was all a, a, a coy play by a movie star. And um, man, you, you nailed it. So I will say this. Am I shocked that he won? Yes, because I figured Primo Roglic was going to walk away with this. So like if I was a full betting man, now remember, 
on the Let It Ride podcast, <laughs> I accidentally I was not logged. Yeah. I was not logged in on my own account, so I never even made a bet for who won the overall. Uh-huh. And I put 500 on Primo Roglic on the show account, and I still apologize for that. But the point is, is that Roglic was who I thought was going to win. But at no point did I think Lando was going to finish above Carapaz. No, that, that it, much if is that true. makes sense. Yeah. You, you called him as the leader early on. I got to say this about Mikel Landa. I feel bad for him. Do you? I think I do. I think that I'm sure that he looked at the Spanish team and he's the Spanish Grand Tour hope more or less, right? He's one of the main Spanish Grand Tour riders. Okay. And I thought that maybe he probably believed that he could go in there and be the team leader. But, you know, another eight seconds, he would have been at least on the podium for the Giro. I just, I think it's just kind of maybe he just has bad advice like maybe he's getting poor advice maybe he needs a new agent i don't know like there just seems could be like maybe you know how like in football like in high school football whoever like the best player is everyone's just telling them like you're the best you're the best you're the best and then they get to college and they're just the fourth best player on the team sure yeah like i kind of get this feeling that maybe he's just not getting the honest criticism where someone needs to be like man movistar already has Nairo. Like, why don't you go to Dimension Data? Like, you're you're better than Mentees or whomever their their guy is. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, there's plenty of reasons not to go to Dimension Data, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I understand the point. Um, but you know, I don't think he expected Carapaz to be. Uh, you know, maybe this spring in training camp he realized it, obviously. But like, I don't think when he signed with Movie Star he saw. Uh, a Carapaz well, maybe not coming Carapaz, through. Um, but he had to have seen Andre Amador. Like, that guy got yeah. top five in the Jura. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's that's, a that's your team. super domestique, man. And you know, Naira's going for a different Grand Tour than you. And you got to assume a couple years ago when you signed this contract that Valverde wasn't going to be around anymore, you know? But yeah, I know. a couple like, of things broke a little different than he, you know, had expected. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to blame the guy. Like it made sense at the time, sort of, but uh, yeah, it hasn't played well. But with the transfer ru- rumors uh, swirling around, you know, including Landa. But uh, I mean, I think that movie star uh, logjam is going to break up here pretty soon. Yeah. So we have the Landa rumor to Bahrain Merida. Yeah. And then we have the rumor of Richard Carapaz actually signing a contract with Ineos. Sky, Which is crazy to become basically the most high paid lieutenant for three grand tour folks. Okay, let's assume for a second, Spencer, mm-hmm. that it is true that he is signed with Team Sky. More than likely, it's probably not a legally binding contract if it can't be public, right? Like, it's, I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure Brailsford got his mitts on here and there's some legal binding, but <laughs> I mean, he has to be, Carapaz has to be sitting here going like, I'm a Grand Tour winner now. Like, I do not need to go play fourth fiddle. On you would think, yeah. Like, he could, he could command a better salary now than Landa. You would think, right? I think he's on the upswing and, and Landa's on the downswing, yeah, as far as contract so, negotiations go, yeah. Okay, so the musical chairs is Nibali going to Trek. Yep. Landa replacing Nibali at Bahrain Merida. Yep. And then 
I is there something with Zacharin? Zacharin, uh, rumored to go to CCC. So that one, that one's a little out of left field for me. Um, but I guess it sort but of makes sense. Zacharin at this point isn't really a GC guy. Right? No, like he's Zach- a stage hunter. Yeah, he's going to be a stage hunter and a solid domestique. Not as solid as Hincappy because he's going to go after the stages all the time. But well, he's, nobody can be the loyal lieutenant, you know. But Zacharin, you know, to CCC, you're like okay with that. I just overall, I'm. Is Movistar kind of, if they lose Landa and Carapaz, suddenly their cupboard is a little thin. It like is you were a just little saying. thin. Nairo's looking around like, uh, hey guys, it's a little drafty in here. This this house, I used to have too many roommates, and now, now all the so cupboards are empty. Let's think about this for a little bit. So if, if, I mean, Nairo, like we've said before, this is his absolute last possible time to win the tour. Like, it, like it's yes. already on sunset. Like we're, yes, okay. like, like yeah. the, the door is closing, but if there's one time to sneak in the door, it's probably this time. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, there's, there's no arguing that. So, and, and, and I, movie star is looking here. strong. I just, but where the, are the allegiances now? It you baffles know? me. Oh, it's so, crazy. I wonder, wonder what's going to happen there at movie star. They always seem to find good talent though. So, all right, let's let's get through a couple of the other things from the Giro that I wanted to um, hit up. So the first one, of course, is that let's give a major shout out to the final stage winner, Chad Haga of the yes. United States for Team Sunweb. Yes. As you remember, uh, Chad was involved with that like horrible crash in Spain where he was basically yep. hooked up to a blood bag, like a legitimate blood bag in the hospital to save his life. Like, yeah. He almost died. And for him to come back fantastic so excited to see the uh, Sunweb rider win in Verona yeah. in the stadium it was Congratulations right it was super cool you know and 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 as I alluded to you know salvaging uh everything for American World Tour riders everywhere American World Tour teams yeah. <laughs> uh you know in general um with the with the embarrassment of Kansas yeah like yeah so <laughs> there, there's so much more to go with here so Kanzo was still good, but Spencer, this podium of Richard Carapaz, Vincenzo Nibali, Primo Roglic, you satisfied with that? With Mikel Landa and Boke Molima on the wide angle? Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, it makes sense with the with the time trials they had that Roglic would be up there. I I still expected Nibali to win this race up until probably the time trial started, like. It would have been a tall order for him to pull all the way back, of course, uh, to to Carapaz. But um, I still thought he would throw down uh, some big moves in the mountains. And it's not like he didn't, but uh, they didn't amount to uh, the, the gains that he, that uh, I expected. But uh, I did expect Roglic to not win, despite being the heavy, heavy favorite. Because Yellow Lotto just does not have the firepower to they assist him. They can't close the deal. So, um, speaking of King of the Mountains, uh, Giello Ciccone, yeah. uh, Trek Segafredo, not only won the King of the Mountains jersey, he also finished in 16th place. I do want to give a shout out to First American in 12th place overall, Joe Dombrowski, a respectable finish. Um, right behind uh, Hugh McCarthy, who was also up there a lot for the Education First team. So Yeah, he had a great race. It was cool to see. Um, Zacharin came in the final spot on the top 10. So, overall, I mean, I think that you know, I'll, I'll give a quick shout out here to little guy because I know he's stoked that Bauke Malima was showing well. Uh, 
you know, continuing to put the, uh, like, Hey guys, I'm still here. Like, don't go all in on Richie for the, uh, the tour. Right. Like uh-huh. kind of, and then, you know, kind of like, Hey, Nabali, remember you only finished four minutes in front of me at the Giro. Um, so still pretty cool to see points. Jersey was obviously won by Pascal Ackerman. Um, really no surprise there over Demer Ackerman. Great sprinter. I got to say this about, uh, Peter Sagan, who, now claims that he knows who Matthew Vanderpool is in a mm-hmm. recent uh, Cycling Tips interview. He, Bora Hansgro, are they post Sagan now? Like, have they become a team that's just not reliant on the super superstar? Um, I mean, I don't think they're reliant on him, no. But uh, they've definitely. It is easy to classify them as a one-trick pony with Sagan just destroying everyone for a couple of years. But like, I don't know if he's just doesn't care or he's out of form a little bit or he's not trying as hard or what, but like the rest of that team is really stepping up like across the board. And, and I'm, I am realizing that they are pretty deep. Like they've, they've got winners. Like I knew Sam Bennett was pretty fast, but like Ackerman kind of, you know, coming up as well. And then obviously Sagan and, and both Sagans, uh, riding really well, Rafa Micah riding really well. It's, it's a, it's a, that's a heavy hitter, uh, team. They're a squad. Something I like to do after every grand tour, I always ask you, little guy, whomever, whoever our special guest is, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most epic, fantastic, nail-biting grand tour, a uh, la 2004 Tour de France, Ulrich versus Armstrong. Okay, right? The greatest right, sure. tour of all time in our fandom. Well, Remember, we have this important caveat of fandom here, where it's kind of when we started collectively as fans. Zero being absolute boring snooze fest. Like, why did I even watch this? Where do you put this year's Gira d'Italia? So you're saying between a 10 being 2004 Tour de France and like a, a one or a zero being 2005 Tour de France? Yeah, basically. Like, okay. You know, absolute right. worst snooze fest. Like, like horrible. Okay. So uh, I was not big on this uh, uh, route. I don't think it... I think it, I think it turned out fine. Um, the, I think the overall the GC and everything played out how it should, um, which means it was a fine course at the end of the day. But as far as holding my excitement, I'm giving it a very low marks through the beginning and pretty good marks towards the end, which is gonna average it out to about a five and a half. I was gonna say five, and I know people don't like it when we agree, but Ugh. the only reason that this is not a three is because. <laughs> Richard okay. Car- That's a Richard- bad score. Yeah, no, it's because Richard Carapaz made me look like a genius. Like, okay. I'm, I'm okay. stoked Movistar won, but the route was absolute crap. Like, this isn't what I watched the Giro for. Yeah. No. Right? Like, the Giro, I the Giro usually gets creative. Stuff. It's usually got a lot of exciting stuff going on. Yeah, this was not fun. Um, I, I was thoroughly disappointed in it. Like, it just wasn't the exciting Grand Tour. Like, the Vuelta is the best. We've decided that, right? Oh, like, it's yeah. very active. This was just disappointing. Um, so hopefully we see some better um, things come out of it. But that's where I'm at. I'd be interested in hearing what uh, listeners think of this Giro. So go ahead and let us know on Twitter. Or it's Instagram. pretty much guaranteed to be better next year when they do their virtual Zwift uh, time trial to lead oh, it God. off. <laughs> so with that, Spencer, we encourage everyone to email us and to also Tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod or email us at slowridepodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram's been getting quite a bit of use lately. You can also find us at the Slow Ride Pod. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Play or wherever you get your um, podcasts. We appreciate that. Help people find the show. We'd also like to thank our three sponsors this week. HealthIQ.com. Save some money on your life insurance by being the healthy individual you are. Go to HealthIQ.com slash WAP. We'd also like to thank ShredScienceNutrition.com where you can... Sign up for a nutrition package and let them know that uh, we sent you and uh, get yourself shredded. Absolutely. And I'll take this last one, Spencer. We'd like to thank whoop.com. Head on over to whoop to uh, find out the best way to track your own fitness and how you live. So it's actually pretty exciting. What, all you need to do there is you head to checkout and you just type in the code SLOWRIDE to save 15%, which is a bonkers deal. It is. Uh, let's also thank uh, BK1 for uh, of Rhyme Sayers Entertainment for our intro and outro music. Uh, as always, crushing it every week, week after week. We have him in the studio every time. He shows up without fail and just knocks it out of the park for us. Well, Spencer, it's been an absolute wonderful time. Can't wait to chat with you later in the week as we find out more about the world of cycling. So with that, I'm Tim in Orlando. And I am Spencer in Boston, reminding you to... Always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road, especially if it's Results Boy, because uh, he is, uh, you know, recovering. We want to wish him the best uh, from getting a, a through axle jammed into his leg in a in a new kind of injury that we didn't know was available in cycling. Oh, give it to Result Boy to find the most efficient way to get hurt. Oh my God! Wish you nothing but the best. Call. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.